Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, we're going to continue in this same vein. We're going to talk about the fact that you might be ready to leave, but is your business ready? I mean, we always talk about this. There's three things that have to line up for a perfect business sale opportunity. The fact that the market has to be ready, that you have to be ready, and your business has to be ready. And one of the foremost experts on that is joining us today. She's Joan Ridley from Business Wealth Solutions in Dallas, Texas. And uh, she's, she has a wealth of information for us on this, so let's get right into it. Joan, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's, it's good to talk with you again. It seems like just yesterday, we were, we were uh, for our listeners, we were both down at the Exit Planning Institute Annual Conference in Fort Worth, Texas, not that long ago, and it was a tremendous conference where professionals come to learn more about what's happening in the world of exit planning. And, uh, and Joan, you're, you're a very prominent member of that group, and uh, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. And uh, tell us a little bit about Business Wealth Solutions and your background. Well, uh, I am a business consultant, and my specialty is ownership transition strategy. So I come from the wealth management side, 20 years working with estate planning, financial planning, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a fanatic about getting that right. But I'm also a certified exit planning advisor, a certified business intermediary, although I have no intention of doing what the, the brokers and the M&A people do. And I'm a non-practicing certified financial planner. So we basically help business owners uh, grow and harvest their, their wealth, and, and I've been doing this for, uh, I guess, about 12, 13 years now. I like to say I was doing it when it wasn't cool. So um, <laughs> that's a bad, and, and unlike a lot of them, um, yes, a lot of these will be third-party sales, but, but I, I keep my eye on those that are going to sell to employees. We have some that gift to employees, believe it or not, uh, and also those, of course, who want to transfer ownership to the next generation. So uh, we look at all the options before we dive in and, and make recommendations about how the owner should leave. Yeah, and you know the statistics are that uh, over half of the businesses out there, at least small businesses and medium-sized businesses, will not sell to an outsider, but rather transition. So it's it's a very important part. You know, it's easy. It's almost easy to transfer assets, but transferring power and knowledge and all that goes with that can be very challenging and complicated. So what steps does a business owner need to take to prepare for this type of a thing for a successful business transition? Well, you know, this surprises a lot of people, Bill, but I, I really believe that whether you are going to transfer ownership to family or to employees or to third party, you still have to go through the same steps because it's about sustainability. It's about mm-hmm. having uh, pleasant relations with your family when it's all done um, and, and in the community as well. But um, there are certain things they need to do, and you mentioned with your other caller that the three three legs of the stool, and, and that's that's really important. But um, the first thing business owners need to do, I think, is to start thinking like a buyer and a banker. 
Because let's mm-hmm. be honest, that's what's going to drive the transaction, regardless of what strategy you use. So in, in your last call, you are saying walk across the street and take a look. And I think that's great advice. Um, it, but the thing is, it's real hard to do that. And, and like, um, we got a new client yesterday, and, and he said, I want you here because I need to have a fresh set of eyes on what we're doing. And even though they're doing a great job, I could see immediately there were things that we need to tackle. So step back and, and, and look at your business as a banker and a buyer would. And, and those rules have changed about banking, how they will finance a business. And what worked five years ago or before the recession don't work anymore. So they need to know that. But business owners, they all kind of tend to make the same mistake. And the biggest mistake, I think, that they assume their company is worth more than it is. And... Um, that's one of the mistakes I see most often. Um, just because the company is cash flowing well doesn't mean it's worth as much as they think it's worth or as much as it needs to be worth in order for them to have the post-exit lifestyle that they currently enjoy. Um, if you'll bear with me, I'm going to share with you a few of the, the, the common issues that we see. The number one thing is probably poor financial record keeping. Now, from mm. an account standpoint, it may be really, really good, may be great from a gap standpoint, but if I look at it from a buyer or a banker's viewpoint, guess what? It doesn't tell me what I need to know about that company. And so we go in and we look at it with fresh eyes and say, we're going to change this, this, and this, and suddenly the real value in that business pops right out. Um, also, more than 10% of the revenue is coming from one customer. We've seen some real horror stories there, and that's a sad one because it could take a long time to fix that one. Um, another one is uh, no contractual recurring revenues. That's a big value driver. That Having a repeat customer is not the same as a recurring revenue, and they need to understand that that's going to affect their value. Um, and you said earlier the processes are not formally documented in writing. Very important. Those that business owner and even management needs to be able to walk out the door tomorrow and whoever comes in needs to be able to sit down and see in writing how things are done and never skip a beat. Um, of course, the business owner is too depend um, the business is too dependent on the business owner. I mean, that's that's a tragedy, and we see that all the time. Um, they kind of get in their own way sometimes. Uh, a big one is no written employment agreements, non-competes, non-solicitations. You know, I hear all the time, we're in Texas, I hear, well, non-competes don't work in Texas. That is not true, and it's not true in many other states. You just have to have the right attorney drafting your document to cross all the T's and dot the I's. Um, and then one that I'm seeing a lot uh, recently is the failure to understand the impact of giving equity or legal ownership to employees without consulting with the right advisors first. You could really mm. mess a business that way, and I'm seeing what because they're making promises they can't keep because they don't know how much they're going to need when they're out of the business, and here they are giving away equity, or worse yet, uh, legal legal interest. That's that's a disaster. So there are 50 value drivers that we analyze, much like a lot of other consultants, and uh, but these are the ones that come to mind immediately that that we're seeing a lot of. Now, I come from wealth management, so naturally I'm going to want that business owner to meet with um, preferably a certified financial planner who's trained to go through certain steps in, in their analysis. I want to know, I want to know from a credible source, what do you need to net from this business? How dependent are you? Um, because 
without that information, you're flying blind. You don't know what life is going to be like after you leave it from a financial standpoint. So I like to see some good numbers. I like to see um, the owner working with a CFP three to five years before he leaves the business um, because that will give us enough time to correct some of those value drivers that will drag down value and address the tax issues. So we need that. And, and of course, the third one, as I said, look at that business from the standpoint of a banker and a uh, and, and a buyer. And we don't know if it's going to be a strategic buyer, a financial buyer, but we better be prepared for what's coming through the door, unsolicited even. So there's sorts of things that we look at. So that's great. So so well, like you said, first let's see an income map. Let's see what that looks like. So that'll tell us, that'll give us an, a present value number that you need to realize in all of your assets and your business is going to be part of that. So that'll tell us if you could sell today or if you need to employ a lot of these strategies. And, and like I just said at the break, anybody can sell their business. It's just a question of what they're going to get for it. But the question is, what do you need to get for it, and what's it worth in its current state, and which of these value drivers do we employ? So you gave us a lot of great, a lot of great tips and ideas in there. Now, Joan, what about you know the the transfer of power, the family business situation <laughs> where, where people are, they're struggling. I mean, it, it's kind of like it reminds me of you're taking your your son or daughter out to drive, to learn how to drive rather, and you're sitting in the passenger seat. But you keep grabbing the wheel. Do you see that a lot? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's a great analogy. I remember when my dad taught me how to drive. The poor man already had heart issues. Um, <laughs> sure, I hate him worse. But, <laughs> but you know, um, it's real hard because the, the founder, that's his baby. And, and he wants to make sure that it's going to be in good hands, whether it's with the next generation or the, the next owner outside the business. And, and you can understand how they feel. Um, what I do is I, I'm a big proponent of putting that team together. And I will, if I'm working with a family business, I will introduce the idea very quickly of how to, that we'd like to bring in a family business advisor. I try to stay away from words that will scare them. Uh, like psychiatrists? <laughs> well, well, a lot of them they're psychologists, and 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 they don't want that. They don't want to hear those words. The the advisor doesn't want it known that he's maybe a, a psychologist. I myself have a background in psychology, but um, people are intimidated by that sometimes. But we'll bring in a family business advisor, and he will hear things that it's not that I don't hear them, but I have to focus on. This, all this other stuff that's going on. So I will let him work with the business owner and his family um, to, to pull out what are the goals, what are the concerns, what are the fears, and work with those. And if it's large enough business, putting together the family business council. Um, because let's be honest, anybody who's ever been in business will tell you, I love my business, but I love my family more. And I want to know at the end of the day that we're going to be able to sit down at Thanksgiving dinner and love each other as much after the transaction as before. And it's not easy. I mean, you can see how they struggle and who wouldn't with some of the things that they're dealing with. So we bring in that family business advisor who's quite often comes from a family-owned business himself. And I have two uh, in the Dallas area that I work with that I like very much. Who else is on your bench of advisors that you call in on a regular basis? 
from the from the get go, um, we'll bring in um, a good, strong numbers guy um, because I've got so much else to look at. I just want to look at what he comes up with. Um, so we'll have um, a fractional CFO um, who will work closely with the CPA, the bookkeeper, and sometimes. I'll just say maybe re-enter some of the data so we can see what's really profitable about that business. Um, uh, of course, we always need an estate planner, a good estate planning attorney, a good um, corporate attorney. Um, of course, I mentioned already the, the financial planner, and I, of course, lean toward the CFP, but doesn't have to be. Um, uh, sometimes the HR people, you know, that poor admin person in the business or HR, whatever his or her label is, it's kind of catch-all for a lot of stuff, and it's a lot yeah. of responsibility. And so what we do is we'll bring maybe an HR specialist to maybe do an audit, much like we would a corporate attorney do a corporate audit, a legal audit. Um, they're pretty much the main players. I, I, my team, mm-hmm. my own personal team and I function as the business consultants dealing with the value drivers and all, but as we quickly yeah. identify, oh, ops guys, now there's one. Um, if we're trying to um, maybe the top line is fine, but we're more concerned about the bottom line. We'll bring an operations consultant. Somebody, they're a different animal. They're a business mm-hmm. consultant, but um, I, like, I like the guys who can um, immediately start looking for creative ways to reduce expense, um, uh, maybe, maybe raw materials, get those prices down. Um, there are any number of ways they can do it, but also I want them to do an audit of the workflow process to see can the work flow through that business much more efficiently, dropping more dollars to the bottom line. And then I want them to document it with, on spreadsheets. I want to see the numbers. How is what you're recommending now going to affect my bottom line? So um, you can tell by my, my language bill, I, I really, I really <laughs> get invested with my clients. <laughs> I, really I can do. tell you do, and I, I'm sure they're better off for it because you're not trying to do everything. You're, you're relying on the professionals, but you're, you're orchestrating all of this work for the good of the business owner, I'm sure. Because most owners, like, like you said, the poor HR person that is so busy doing, you know, dealing with problems and issues and, and employees that they don't have time sometimes to step back and say, hey, what's what are we missing here? You know, what, what no, might it's like a missing? catch-all. It's like a catch-all. I was with one yesterday, and I looked at her, and I said, I bet your inbox is really full right now with a, a lot of stuff you never thought you'd be doing. Her, she has rolled her eyeballs. I mean, I know it's true. Um, so anyway, but, but yeah, we get, we get real involved. I mean, you have to, I think you have to. You have to. If you can't get in your client's shoes and see things from their viewpoint as well as from the outside, I'm not so sure you can help them all that much. You have to understand what they're feeling because it's not all about the numbers and the facts and figures. Well, I think it takes a special kind of person that wants to get involved that much, and it also takes a diverse background to be able to understand and be conversant in all the different specialty areas that you're talking about. So it is a very special person and and professional that can step in and do all that. Now, Joan, let's talk about uh, your experience with business owners after they leave their business, because I think a lot of our listeners, you know, a lot of them are saying, okay, I know I need to do this. I know, you know, I'm getting older, and it's, it's time to start transitioning. But what's on the other side of this? So let me ask you a question. Are business owners that you're familiar with happy after they leave their business? Well, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, there's a, there's a, 
a statistic out there. It's pretty well documented, but I'll repeat it. 75% of all business owners within 12 months after leaving their businesses are very unhappy. They're sorry they did it. 75%. Oh, my gosh. 75%. And I, I think it's because they learn the facts after the fact, number one. Nobody maybe sits and talks to them, or maybe they're not patient enough to talk about what is it going to be like. It's very... It's way beyond, I'm going to golf every day, I'm going to travel every day. Why did you go into business in the first place? Was there something you wanted to do that, that was your passion? And you said, if I, if I had the money, I could do this. I'll go in business, get the money, then I can do that. What is that? Because lots of times, that, that passion never goes away. It's just forgotten. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, I have one now. I mean, she's 77 years old. She's probably one of my very favorite clients. And um, she's now on a cruise, 42-day cruise in the Mediterranean. And as soon as she gets back, we're going to lunch just because I just want to talk to her. I, I want to know what was, what is it like now. Um, and she was probably one of the most prepared psychologically, I will say mentally is the word we're supposed to use. But it, it can be very tough. I had one gentleman, I asked him, I said, so what's it like? He said, tell people they have to be ready physically. And that's the first time I've ever heard that. Right. He said, this is stressful. It's draining going through the process of getting out of your business. And I've done it twice myself, Bill. I, I can attest to that. He said, tell them to start eating right, start exercising, try meditating, because they're going to need every resource they can, they can pull up to, to get through this and be happy on the other side. Hmm. So it's not just what people in picture as far as, uh, you know, first of all, like you said, this exercise of, of negotiating a deal and getting through a deal is grueling as it is. And remember, it might not go through, so you still have to operate and keep your eye on the ball on your business at the same time. You just can't let that Absolutely. go, right? You cannot let so, it go. And I remember when I went through it, I mean – these business owners need to know, first of all, you're not going to walk away with millions of dollars of cash from closing. You've got escrows. You've got money that's being held behind and to be sure the buyer is sure the company is going to perform. Even the best performing company, the owner is going to be asked to hold maybe 10, 20 percent in paper. You wouldn't know you're going to get paid. Well, my God, what if your business wasn't very bankable to begin with because these value drivers weren't performing? You could be the bank, which means you're holding all the financing. That's very mm-hmm. stressful. So I, that's why it's so critical to get the right advisor who can kind of help you prepare for what's coming next, you know, prepare you so that it's not such a shock, you know. Yeah. But they need to be passionate. I mean, I love asking business owners, so what are you going to do when you're away from this? You're no longer doing this every day. I hear the most heartwarming heartwarming stories and 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 they just open up sometimes that here's what I've always wanted to do and the very first one I ever asked this was several years ago it still it still pulls in my heartstrings it was so touching and um they need that passion something they're passionate about later it'll it'll make them healthier and happier at the end of the day when they're out of the business there's more to life than running a business Great stuff, Joan. Thanks very much. We're we're out of time for today, but you gave us so much great information, and I would love to have you back on the show to to go deeper into some of these topics next time. We've set a great little uh, 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 groundwork here for for a lot of different interesting discussions. So, how can our listeners best get in touch with you? 
Well, anyone who's listening is welcome to call us. We'll always do a, um, a complimentary consultation over the phone, if not in person, if they're in North Texas, uh, 214-692-9192. And also go to our website, www.bboywaltersamllc.net. That's B-W-S-L-L-C.net. Oh, gosh, there's probably 50 articles I've written. They're non-technical, written for the business owner who has a short attention span. So read those. Um, but call us. And if you want to sign up for our newsletter, you can do that on the website as well. So it's it's BWS as in Business Wealth Solutions LLC dot net. And right. again, listeners, do you get the feeling you're listening to someone who knows what they're talking about, who has been there and done that? And I can tell you just from from my um, watching Joan at, at the Exit Planning Institute, she is well known and well respected in the in the nation as one of the foremost experts. So get in touch with Joan. Joan, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure to have you on today. Great. Let's stay in touch and congr- Congratulations on what you're doing. It's a tremendous service. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks very much. All right, we'll be in touch. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take just a short break and come back with uh, another guest. And you don't want to miss this one, so please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com the information station for age 50 plus business owners, where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions. So you can be well planned. We upload new one minute tips every day. Exitcoachradio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 